1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump Podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben, and my name is Peter. Hello, Ben. Hello, Peter. How are you doing this morning?
2: I'm doing all right, thank you. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, 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 yes, it started uh, yeah? raining yesterday for the first it time in a did. long time. What that,
1: a miserable day!
2: That was that was news. Mm -hmm. you know you still although lockdown itself is over we're still working from home so you still have to just take any kind of not even pleasure but just vague interest in anything uh when anything happens that's not just you getting up and going to your desk and then going to bed yeah so it rained yesterday is is my takeaway from that
1: that's the big news Mm -hmm. i've got some pretty big news today yeah new towels
2: Whoa! Yeah, is that what you just answered from before we started recording? Someone arrived did. at the
1: door. You know what? That wasn't all. What? What else? New, bed, new bedspread.
2: <gasps> new bedspread. We got a new bedspread recently as well. What color? Uh, white with with like f- like leaves and animals on it.
1: Oh, interesting. What's What's yours? Mine's sort of like a. a oh, I can't remember. It's like sort of a. There's 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 a yellow pattern on it, but it's also I think a bit blue. I don't really know. It it looks like a grown-up bedspread. Right, yeah. So I can get rid of my... um, I'm trying to think of something. What's something the children like? My My Spider-Man bedspread. My SpongeBob bedspread. That's it. That's a guy that the kids love and also the young adults. Uh, Yeah. So yeah, huge day. Huge day for me. Got to put on a big wash later. Get those all clean, you know? Okay. And then put them on my bed. Hugely exciting day. Oh my god, I've just had a very
2: violent message via text in all caps the subject is message yeah. and the body is dentistry has been suspended oh no all appointments have been cancelled I was going to go for a checkup. I've not been for a two, for a year and a half so I thought may as well go but so that's oh, that's more news anyway this is a video game podcast but um, dentistry it... has been suspended just so you all know
1: that's really sad are they sponsoring the podcast this week
2: uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, screw our, our other ad read. Um, we've actually got a brand new sponsor here. It's from Dentistry. Mm. Um, and Dentistry have... Sponsored us because they want to get a message out to the population. Dentistry yeah. has been cancelled. All appointments have been... Sorry, Dentistry been suspended. All appointments have been cancelled until further notice. Emergency yeah. advice contact. And then I'm not going to read that number because it might be local to my area. Yeah. Um, Okay. But uh, just to let everyone know, if you were thinking of having some dentistry done at any time in the next goodness knows how long. I've not been given a duration there. No. Um, but that's our sponsor this week for this video it, game podcast.
1: Is it, uh, is it... Oh, why did Siri just wake up? Shush. Yeah. That was weird. <laughs> uh, is it? Is, is it sort of like video game adjacent in some manner? Is it? Is it a... a, a what's it called um uh, practice is it a practice owned by dr mario for example it could
2: be yeah um let me let me really really quickly try and think of some kind yeah, of
1: that's fine we've got time two, three, i could talk more about towels if you like yeah yeah if you could just fill oh, sort of oh there the you same go Colored. oh what fillings oh okay a bit, a bit no that's filling, good yeah. That's good, it's yeah. not video
2: game adjacent, it was just a... No,
1: it's not. That was just a little wordplay. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to towels. Mm-hmm. Uh, my towels are sort of a similar color to the bedspread. They're sort of a, a yellow and white kind of combination pattern. Oh, nice. Also got some bath mats, too. I've got one, by the way. Okay. I'm not done, though. Okay. Um, and I think I also got a sheet as well, like a new fitted sheet. For... Go on, go ahead. Uh, the, the message comes to us
2: via my SMS messaging system, of course, but sort of... That in itself was sponsored by Cavity Rush. Brilliant. Thanks.
1: That's really good. I like that one. Yeah. Underrated Cavity Rush. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Great, great game. Yeah. Um, It's about
2: a girl who can give herself tooth decay in any direction. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. By the way, it's all fake. It's real.
1: Oh, man. Uh, God, I thought that was going to marry two of my interests dentistry and underrated. PlayStation exclusives that Mm -hmm. no one's heard of Um, man gutted okay well never mind next time eh yeah next time i tell you who we're really sponsored by, though. It's the wonderful patrons over at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. They support us there financially, and you can too. There are lots of different tiers available, the lowest being $1. And for that $1 per month, you also, well, I say also, you get access to the weekly podcast post where you can submit questions for this podcast. That's right. We only pull questions for this podcast from the patrons. So Mm. please do consider... Going and supporting us, patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. Please do. Yeah, lovely.
2: got a yeah. question here. Oh, well, no, I've got a question Ooh. first. Where, where are we
1: walking? We are walking because I don't want it to be like some gross dentistry mouse. Yeah. Uh, we're walking across the shiniest, pearliest white teeth, oh, teethy lovely. smile you've ever seen. The, the really ones pretty off smile. Of the
2: toothpaste adverts. Yeah, the ones
1: off of Photoshop, Yeah, mm, yeah. 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 That aren't really achievable without actual chemicals that you have to apply no. to your and mouth
2: No, and then they bite into an apple at the end just they to show bite how into strong an their apple. teeth are. Yeah,
1: it just makes me want apples, not not strong, powerful teeth.
2: Which incidentally aren't very good for your teeth. Apples, they're not. Well, they're just quite. You have to kind of try and use some mouthwash or chew some gum or something afterwards because they're quite acidic. I
1: think. Really, I thought they was yeah. like meant to be really good. Oh no.
2: Well, I don't know. They might strengthen you by biting into something hard, but okay. I think the the acid juice. I don't know. I'm no. I'm not. know i am no i am i am no dentist. I'm no. I'm no dental dentalist.
1: No, you're no dentals. Okay. Well, yeah. Let us know. I suppose. Let's move on to question one.
2: Let's, for the love of God. Uh, it's from Cameron Keywood. Thank you, Cameron. Who says hi, Ben and Peter? I am a trophy hunter and have nearly three hundred and seventy-five platinums. And my proudest Platinum is uh, CTR Nitro-fueled as the original was my favorite game growing up. Uh, but my question is, what childhood game of yours would you love to play with trophy support and earn
1: the Platinum? Mm. I suppose this also extends to achievements as well. Yeah, and of course. It, yeah. Could also be, like, I'm, I'm now appreciating, this is not any of the an- like the answer I've written down, but mm. I also appreciate that, you know... Nintendo should definitely implement some sort of trophy achievement system into their, into their console. And I imagine there's a, there's a number of games that people who don't exclusively play on Nintendo hardware uh, and are familiar with achievements and trophies. Not the people who play on Nintendo hardware exclusively have never heard of them. But I just mean in terms of they're, they're more likely to have earned and popped trophies and achievements mm. in uh, other games on different systems. So they'll be aware of the incredible endorphin rush that you get.
2: Which, steam have got them as well of course yes yeah, so. steam
1: have gotten too so you could also apply that to nintendo games is mm. what i'm trying to say right yeah which nintendo
2: game which you wish i had had uh, trophies yeah true mm. true mm-hmm. um i i mean i struggled with this in some ways because um you know I, I i just i really just play games to completion if i want to i don't i don't do it for a trophy and i don't sadly i don't get that endorphin rush really from uh from the trophy itself, I might get it from 100%ing a game, mm. um, but it's not. They're kind of they're kind of different things in some ways. Um, so I wasn't really sure what to say here. My first, my gut instinct was maybe. My head went to the Tekken games that I used to play when I was younger because I kind of associate them quite heavily with playing. In order to 100% them, not necessarily playing them for fun. I mean, I, I had fun with them, but like in order to get to the 100%, you had to play with like certain characters that maybe, you know, weren't my forte. So that was a bit more of a, I'm doing this for a, an end goal. Uh, however, I then realized that, well, the only reason I did that anyway was to unlock all the characters. It wasn't so that I could say, look, my save file says 100%. It was, I just wanted the complete roster. So again, I don't know if the trophy would be any kind of incentive for me there. Um, so then, I mean, other than that, my mind just went to, I guess, some of my my favorite games, uh, Secrets and Discoveries and some of my favorite games. Maybe <laughs> it would just be a nice thing to be able to say, oh yeah, this is my favorite game. I've completed it many times. And look, I've got the Platinum. Um, so... I mean, the Spyro Reignited Trilogy already has trophies now, which I do have the Platinums for, just kind of incidentally, because yeah. I, I, was, I was going through doing everything anyway and happened to get the trophies. Um, Crash Insane Trilogy as well also has Platinum trophies. Um, I don't have all of those, actually. Um, so I can't even say those. So I guess I'll, I'll just go to my, my other fallback um, favorite game from childhood, and say, um, beyond good and evil, why not? Let's just go with that. Uh, but yeah, it's it's not really a question I can give a very good and interesting answer to because uh, I, I don't I don't get that trophy incentivism, if that's a word. But, I'm um, going to allow it. Yeah, thank I'm you. I'm going to allow it.
1: When I heard this question, I thought, well, Peter Austin, he doesn't really like trophies. He doesn't mm. go for those. But then I also thought, well, I know that he's got the platinums in Spyro, and yeah. I know that the very few platinums he does have surely mean something to him because he's gone he's gone so far as to actually earn them. And I know that just came naturally with Spyro because you you know, you just did everything Yeah. In it. Um but I thought there's gotta be something. There's gotta be a game that doesn't and yeah, a lot of your childhood favourites have now been remade. And yeah, they've already stuff. got them. Uh but I thought there's there's gotta be something. There's gotta be something that if it was like it came out and it's the kind of peter Austin game that you can 100 percent without killing yourself doing it and that would surely also tie into a you know a platinum trophy well admittedly
2: i also when i read this question you know my my gut was oh i don't know non, no no games <laughs> I, but then i was like no i also thought no there must be something and i think i'm probably just struggling to think of it you know there are a lot of games from mm. our respective childhoods and um There'll be something there that I'm that's not coming to mind. I need what I need really somewhere is just a document with a list of like every game I've ever played. Oh so god, can... me
1: too. Like this, just in general for this podcast, like yeah. I forget everything about every game I've played oh, when, isn't it it's just when the same answers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and then someone will bring bring something up in a question. I'll be like, oh god, yeah, I actually played that for three years in my yeah. teens, and it's like, yeah but you just completely lock it away, don't you? It's just gone. Yeah. Um, congratulations to Cameron on an absurd amount of Platinums and also the Crash Team Racing mm. Nitro-fueled Platinum as well. Oh, I know. Get, gave up on that one on the last trophy. Yeah. Cameron, do you want to do share play and just do it for me? I'll, <laughs> I'll give you PSN credit. Um, I've actually not gone with one from my childhood because I think the biggest one would be Final Fantasy VII, and that yeah. has happened now. Although, albeit in you know, part one. True. Uh, So instead, I'm going to hop forwards. Not a game from my childhood, but certainly a game that's important to me. The PS3 launch game Resistance Fall of Man came in before trophies were on PlayStation, and it never got patched to support them. Mm. And Uncharted 1 got patched to support trophies and a few other games as well that that arrived before the, the trophy introduction date. But Resistance Fall of Man one of my favorite games never actually ended up getting any kind of trophy support so i would love for that game to get that uh, that treatment because i've i think i've done pretty much everything there's there there's a multiplayer mode although obviously the servers are off now and uh, i played that a lot and i know that there'd be some absolute bs multiplayer trophies but the campaign was fantastic and i played it through on the hardest difficulty and played it all through in co-op and stuff and it's brilliant it's a great game and i would i would love to have yeah. that added to my virtual trinket case
2: yeah yeah fantastic shame.
1: it's a shame that it never got that support and mm. seemingly we're never going to get those res- resistance, resistance games in some kind of collection because I don't know what they're doing over there but it's seemingly not happening
2: I'd play them I think they look good I missed they're them the time but yeah they're
1: really good really good uh, no, I wasn't such a big fan of Resistance Two, but One and Three were, were fantastic. Mm. Uh, so highly recommend if they're ever in a playable, you know, form somewhere. It's probably on PlayStation now, but I don't want to stream it. Streaming mm. is stupid. Yeah. yeah, it's just not high enough quality. A little
2: street sweeper came past my house just then. I hope you don't, hope you didn't pick that up. But uh, well, I wish we, we did. Go. Oh, well, I I'll st- head out the window, tell him to yeah. come back if you like. Oh, yeah. To-
1: or her, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. well, there we go. Let's move on, let's to what we play in, oh, what we play in it's what we play in time, Peter,
2: what are you playing? uh, I've played a couple of things in a social community multiplayer style this week. Wow. I've engaged with other people over the internet, um. um one of them, I can't remember if I ever got around to talking about this. I sort of hinted that I, that I was going to be playing it, and maybe I did talk about it once. Is the um, uh, the Jackbox style uh, online service that I that me and my friends have been playing? Yes. Uh, I think I did. Maybe I did talk about it once. Anyway, I've been playing more of that. It's called Backyard, and uh, yeah, it, it's as I say, I've talked about it before, but it's got kind of a knockoff cards against humanity it's got drawing games several of them with different rules and stuff and uh, it's a lot of fun and you know you can have a few drinks and a few snacks and uh laugh at each other at how bad you are at drawing things or you know at how how saucy your answers are Whoa. <laughs> Steady on. so we we did a bit of that um but in terms of quote unquote real games rather than browser <laughs> games uh I have been playing some Minecraft again this week. Oh. I've got the I got the bug and um, it's actually because I saw a video recently on YouTube. I I still get recommended Minecraft videos and I, the, probably the reason I still get recommended Minecraft videos now and then is because I sometimes click on them because they have good thumbnails and titles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just saw a Someone just built this, this really nice little cabin in the forest. And uh, it was like, oh, yeah, that's really nice. And I thought, hmm, Minecraft. And so I got some friends together from uni, actually, uh, who I've not spoken to for a while. You still um, talk to your uni friends? Occasionally, yeah. Not very wow. often.
1: It's impressive, man.
2: Um, this is my... So I, I went to two different unis. It's the one that I went to for a year after I did my undergrad. So I, I, don't, I sadly don't talk to my undergrad friends anymore. Um,
1: that's because they're undergrad friends they're yeah. not, not Stalingrad friends. yeah, they?
2: I talk to the overgrad friends now and that's it exclusively. Uh, so we uh, we we booted up a, a Minecraft server and we're playing in like true survival mode. so we're just you know grabbing resources and mining and uh, having a great time and it's a bit scary when you know, there are actual mobs there that can kill you me and you when we've played on uh on stream we've not really had that well we did when we first went to nightmare island oh but, um,
1: my god yeah that was terrible
2: yeah so uh going down into the mines and finding some not found any diamonds yet but you know getting iron and redstone and stuff and then thinking will i die before i make it back that's always the it's always the threat so mm-hmm. um that's that's what I've mostly dedicated all of my gaming time to this week, actually. Rather than um, I've not played any more uh, Republic Commando this week at all. Uh, not that I don't want to, but um, yeah, I just I can't can't put Minecraft down at the moment. And then no doubt it won't take very long before we all get bored and turn off the server. And then. <laughs> wait another few months before we play more minecraft because that's That's how minecraft
1: works always the way it goes i'm really sad actually because on the podcast a few weeks ago i was talking about picking up minecraft with my friends and i persuaded a few of them to get it for the first time we're all having fun we played twice yeah, precisely twice, and mm-hmm. I would have happily kept playing, but then the 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 group chat just got dominated with right. Let's play some Warzone. Who's playing some Warzone? Let's play oh, some. No. I don't. I don't want to shoot people anymore. I like socializing with hashtag the boys and sometimes yeah. hashtag the boys' wives and partners. But I just I don't, like that Warzone does not bring me any joy anymore. No, and uh, probably and brings this-
2: fewer wives and partners along as well to the party. Yeah. Sorry. Probably brings fewer of the wives and partners along as well
1: to the parties. See, that's true, but actually, you know, it's it's something that they all love playing, and and I just I can't be asked anymore. And the big mm. update, Peter, yeah, didn't actually do a new map, same oh. map. They just tweaked it slightly. So Not playing I in think- a crater. Not playing in a crater, and uh. that's like supremely disappointing. And now I can't be asked with it. I'll probably still play it occasionally, again, just to hashtag socialise with the boys and sometimes the boys' wives and partners. But mm. um, yeah, what a shame, what a waste.
2: Well, uh, speaking of Warzone, which you may or may not have been playing this week, what have you been playing this week?
1: Not Warzone. Ah, <laughs> all I've all I've heard um, is that oh, it's the same map, but you know they've chipped, there's like some more trees here now. And some of the buildings have changed colours. And it's like set in the 80s. And like I don't care. I don't (laughs) want to play it anymore. I just... Please give me another map. This was your chance.
2: Yeah, it was.
1: Activision, this was your chance to give us another map. So, to that. uh, I have played and finished and platinumed It Takes Two.
2: Oh, fantastic.
1: Our favourite man, Joseph Fares. I can't wait to play that. he is on form in this game. Right. It is... It I put it in the similar cat I think it's better than a way out, mm-hmm. um, but I still put his games in the same rough category as the Dark Pictures anthology and David Quaid. Dwayvid, yeah. Sometimes they can be a bit wonky and occasionally just downright bad, but they are so in a league of their own in that I I would not wish for a world in which they did not exist. Because I actually love them. Um, and A Way Out... Uh, sorry, It Takes Two. God, I'm, I, I've been confusing those two name titles all weekend. Yeah. It's uh, it's basically a combination of Toy Story, Bugs Life, uh, Ants, any other... That's
2: any exactly other what it looks like. ...media
1: yeah. where you're shrunk down. Mm -hmm. um or or like you know the human world is massive and that is inherently really fun and it's got all the best sort of co-op working togethery bits from say for example the co-op levels of sackboy a big adventure where you actively you know each of you have different abilities and you actually have to help each other through things it gets surprisingly dark like Mm -hmm. weirdly so and there are i think only two occasions where a swear word is said but I would urge extreme caution to parents that this is not a game you should play with your children. This is a game <laughs> for adults. Even though it adults, looks like it is. Even though it looks like it is. And even though there's a distinct lack of swearing for the vast majority of it, it's not for kids. And the message of, uh, you know, these, these two parents getting divorced and being forced to reconcile after being cursed and turned into little dolls is... Uh, can be a bit mixed and a bit heavy handed at times and perhaps yeah. almost to the point where they're practically neglectful of their child who's the catalyst in all this um, so it sends again some sort of pretty heavy handed just atypical Joseph Fares writing uh, in a few, in more than a few instances Instances, but it's really fun and I actually had a great time with it it's
2: really it's pretty impossible, and quote me on this, to get tired of this game remember he'll give you a thousand dollars oh
1: yeah yeah <laughs> you can take this this is a promise yeah yeah no i i really enjoyed it and the good thing is now that i've bought it you can play it online with a friend for mm. free i think so we yeah. can stream that um yeah at we some definitely point. should but uh yeah really enjoyed it great game uh finished persona 4 golden by which i mean i platinumed persona 4 golden i've done it i've well i've actually done it I was just messing around in a dungeon after clicking off, uh, ticking off, sorry, a few things on my checklist of things Resay needed to say out loud for that stupid trophy, and I got it, and I did it, and then it was just a couple of hours later, and I got the platinum. I feel so accomplished. It took me seven years and nine months to do it, Uh, obviously with a lot of downtime in between, but I really enjoyed that. I have finished Batman Arkham City great game i also didn't realize that this version included the uh the additional story dlc which i never played which is set after the events of the game and you play as robin that was also good oh yeah i yeah. like that further bridges the plot between arkham city and arkham knight and i'm kind of sad that i didn't play it at the time because it would have made arkham knight that much more impactful but never mind one two three four five six seven this game title has seven words in it and it's ridiculous. And each word I say, Peter, I want you to guess what the next one is. You ready? Okay. Shin. Uh, next, next Megami. Word. Yes. Next word. Uh, Tensei. Yes. Next word.
2: Uh... It's a number. A number? Uh, three.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, yes. Oh, next
2: word. That was a guess. I don't know what Shin Megami Tensei 3 is called. Um, the. No, it's Nocturne. Next nocturne. word. Nocturne Night with a K no that's hd next word nocturne Shin 10 Tensei 3 nocturne hd uh uh remix
1: oh remaster Uh. there we go (laughs) ridiculous name this is the series obviously that persona spun off from Hmm. Uh, i've played about an hour and a half of it and it's god it feels very ps2 but there is so much persona dna in this game yeah Uh, i'm not sure when the remaster's out i'm assuming it's out now um but yeah, I haven't played much of it. A lot of the sound effects and the turn-based combat, and they're called demons in this game, but they're personas, basically. Yeah, from, from the are weird monsters. Yeah, the designs, you know, they all carry over between the different games. Yeah. Um, interesting so far. Feels like a very, very stripped-back persona, and this may be doing it a huge disservice and people will get very mad at me. Feels like a very stripped-back persona with a complete lack of social elements so right. far. Right. Uh, but there's some sort of apocalypse. You get turned into a demon boy, and then you got to fight demons. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'll dip in and out of that. We'll see how that goes. But uh, interesting, interesting so far.
2: It appeared, that series appeared multiple times in our list of saucy, saucy Did villains. Oh, yeah, there's to, a uh, lot.
1: There's a lot of personas with big old Johnsons, aren't there?
2: Yeah, big Wilson heads and stuff
1: and, yeah, yeah all sorts a, of things. There's a lot. Of that. I don't know where that's come from, but there we go. Uh, Finally, finally, and you'll be interested in this, Peter. Yeah. When I finished Persona 4 Golden, I shut down my Vita and I put it back in the drawer. And then I felt kind of sad because it's been living on my bedside table for like three months. And I took it back out and I downloaded some PS1 classics that I've already bought ages ago. And I thought, it's time. I think it's time. I downloaded Crash 1, 2, and 3. Oh, yeah. I downloaded Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I downloaded Silent Hill. I was like, I'm going to play these, because I've never played them before. Oh, fantastic. And I've played, like, you know, you know, like I imagine a lot of people have with games from their, that came out around their childhood. I've, I think I've played the occasional level of a Crash Bandicoot game yeah. across the years, but I've never sat down and played it. Last night, I played Crash Bandicoot 1, mm. and I played maybe for an hour, and I completed, like, six or seven levels. I beat Papu Papu. Yeah. And, uh... It's good, isn't it?
2: It is. I mean, to be fair, that that game they get better as they go in terms of like like mechanically. You know, I... Crash 1 is a bit wooden and one comes and difficult. So, it's definitely I'm worth I'm glad you said that. Stick with it because yeah, that I mean even if I go back to Crash 1, it's a bit like, "Oh, he he certainly moves like they've they'd only just invented 3D platformers, <laughs> doesn't he?" <laughs>
1: because I didn't want to say it because I think it would come across perhaps badly that I was like I've played this game that everyone loves this beloved classic and, and and it's really hard and they need to add more checkpoints and and I ran out of lives and I got really cross at I didn't actually get really cross <laughs> at it but yeah he can be a little difficult to land on platforms sometimes and uh, I did find the collision detection a bit unfair with some of the obstacles that you have to jump past. I mean, it's worse
2: it. in uh, Reignited, uh, not, uh, what's it called? The Insane Trilogy, uh, oh, The Collision. Wow. Okay. Uh, the jumping's probably better in that, but the actual like landing on hitboxes is worse. So yeah. it's kind of a bit of a mixture, really. Um, yeah. But I would say that around the six or seven level mark is where it starts to get really hard. When you get to, like... I can't remember if it's the first or the second creek level that's Mm -hmm. where it's like oh jesus i remember uh getting to i think this it was the second one of of that type um and i got way further than any one of me and my siblings had ever got before and i had one life left and like the pressure, I think I had like sweat on my brow. It was like a bomb <laughs> defusal scene from an action movie. I was like, yeah. oh, oh. I was just you know patting myself down and stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, and I fell in the water and died. And,
1: oh uh, no! I was furious. Do the do the save points come a bit more freely in the second one? Because seemingly, as far as I can tell, in the first one, you could, can you only save in bonus stages.
2: Yeah, which is again pretty That's pretty harsh. Weird. Uh, but yeah, that's how it works. You can only save in bonus stages in that. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, you um, in in the second and third games, there's just a save system in the in the warp room. Um, you don't right. have the islands that time for those for those ones. So it's
1: less. To... I mean, it's still linear, but it's like you're not on a stuck path from beginning to end. No, yeah,
2: yeah. You you can uh, go go where you like to an extent and okay. uh, save when you want. So yeah. well, I'm looking
1: forward to it. I'm looking forward to to continuing to play. I had to put it down last night after losing all my lives and then resetting to a save point like four levels before that Ugh. because I think I'd, I'd failed to get to the end of a couple of bonus stages in a row. Yeah, yeah. And so I couldn't save it, so it kicked me all the way back. And I was like, okay, I've got back up to where I was and now I'm going to stop playing now.
2: Well, the thing is, as the game goes on obviously the bonus rounds get harder and harder so it actually gets harder to save <laughs> oh, for the God's game sake. as you go but okay. um what you can do if you want to like if you just want to have the experience of playing the game without actually worrying too much about mm. you know completing it legit there's like a password system to unlock certain up to a certain level in the, in the oh. game because okay. it was back in the days when not everyone actually had a memory card. Yeah, I did see the so,
1: password system. Well, so
2: yeah, so the passwords will unlock various like levels of progression, and there's a super password to unlock everything. And right. so you know you can just do that. If like say if you just wanted to play all the levels and try and complete them all mm-hmm. um, without worrying about saving it, you know there's just a, a password to unlock everything you you want if you like so okay. it's there if you need it if it gets a bit tough and retro
1: cool well if i hit a brick wall i will i will consider that that's good to know it's also annoying that the um the ps1 classic version just in case people aren't aware we took we've spoken a lot about ps1 classics recently they re, they started re-releasing certain titles from the ps1 library during the ps3 and psp era um yeah. and and they were called PS1 classics and they were basically literally just ports they weren't remasters they weren't remakes nothing like that it was just the game um yeah. no trophy support nothing like that and it had basically the original file size and everything and it was just emulated within the mm. within the console of choice and it's also supported on the vita as well because the vita plays all psp games um so that's, that's what that means. But yeah, it doesn't doesn't support the analogue stick. Does the first game support the analogue stick? No, it never did, actually. Okay, the analogue yeah, stick why. hadn't...
2: It hadn't been had been
1: delivered yet. Yeah, I thought that might be the case because <laughs> there are some emulation settings that you have access to, like making a full screen and stuff like that. Um, yeah. And it does let you enable analogue controls. But yeah, it didn't work. So that also feels very weird, <laughs> playing with the D-pad. It definitely uh, will again, feel weird. Throwback.
2: But in some ways, it's easier just to kind of... If, once you get used to that, it's nice to just have the four cardinal directions when you're yeah. on a game that is, you know, mostly just set forward, backwards, left, right, rather than diagonals. So
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose that's, true. that's Something true. to just
2: get used to, I suppose.
1: I will report back, but yeah, Ooh. I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. That's my bedtime game now. Good I'm for gonna, you. I saw gonna that you downloaded
2: um, Tome B one and maybe two as well when you were doing yes. your flurry of better buy this before it goes
1: yeah unfortunately i had to buy those from the u.s store and because of the way the the vita works you can only have one account assigned to your vita at any given time Mm. so while i can play those it will have to be on the ps3 rather than the vita which makes it a little less convenient but i do have them so i can play those (laughs) at some point lovely i should stream
2: those again at some point i would stream like the first part of turn v2 and then put it down you should uh, rare game
1: good game yeah Peter, it's time. Oh, uh, finally for question two. Yeah, we're getting there. Yeah. Moonstone Studios says, "Hello, Ben and Peter. First, thank you for thank you both for everything you do to help entertain and keep us sane during these trying times." My question to you: Have either of you experienced an unusual or unique situation in regards to how you how you have acquired a game? The question crossed my mind when I was redeeming rewards earned through my state blood donation program to purchase Resident Evil Village. Wow. It felt a bit ironic that my f- future encounters with Lady... Oh, here we go. <laughs> well, what do you say, Peter? Well, the
2: the the host of the most recent Resi showcase actually said Dimitris, which doesn't Dimitris. seem right, but I'm sure she would have been told the right thing. I would still want to say Dimitrescu or Dimit... Me too,
1: it just sounds far more fancy, doesn't it? Yeah. Dematrice,
2: there apparently.
1: Let's call her Lady D. Lady D, yeah. Uh, it felt a bit ironic that my future encounters with Lady D and her vampire ilk are being paid for almost literally in blood, and was wondering if you had any similar, similarly weird-slash-ironic stories in regards to acquiring a game. Hmm. Well... Uh thank you by the way Moonstone Studios. Yeah, thank you for giving blood as well it's very important. Thank you very much. Yeah.
2: I've well I've got one that's not a personal story but a very similar story that I'm sure you know about Ben mm-hmm. uh, which is that Bandai Namco at TwitchCon a few years ago did yes. a very similar thing. They did a blood drive to try and get people to donate blood there and then I think at the at the event and they would give you a copy of Code Vein which is another it's a vampire game um as a reward. And I think someone else either they did it again at another event a few months later or someone else did it for this uh did this did the same thing. But yeah, it's um it's it's not unusual, apparently, mm. um, to give blood with anyone. Uh, yeah. I have acquired one game, weirdly, that I never I've never played it. Um mm. but uh it uh well in fact, do you remember I told the story like on the last podcast, or maybe the one before that, of how I bought a copy of Medieval from a uh like a convention or something, mm. and then when I got it back to my house, it didn't work. Yeah, um, and it, it cost me like I don't know fifteen quid or something like that. Uh, what I failed to mention, what what I'd forgotten about until this question was asked, is that at least as my consolation, in the box was the disc. As well as for Medieval, just loose on top of it for Final Fantasy VIII. Which, which disc? Well, I was going to say, is that one of the two disc games? Cause I... I think it's three. I think three, those games is it? Yeah,
1: seven to nine, I think, are three discs.
2: Yeah, I don't know because I've never played any of them and wow. I've never even <laughs> inserted that into my console to play it. But I think it had... it's
1: part one, otherwise you can't even access it.
2: Yeah. yeah. It checks so, your uh... save file to see if it's, a pro- you know, you can actually use it. So that was weird. I don't even know how that's happened, though, because surely they probably keep these things arranged alphabetically, right? So how come Final Fantasy VIII was next to Medieval? Or I maybe someone accidentally slipped it into the wrong pouch and it, they both just got shoved into into the box. I don't know how it happened, but... Uh, well, given you know, they're uh, selling
1: you faulty products, I'm not surprised that they're shodding well, and storing their discs.
2: Exactly. So, um... Yeah, I've never even inserted it into my PlayStation to see if it works or I don't remember which disc it is. I might not have even kept it. I might have thrown the whole thing away. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably wouldn't have done that though because people buy even just empty boxes on the uh, on yeah, eBay. Yeah, original packaging. Yeah, the legit. No, absolutely. Yeah, so I don't think I will have done that,
1: but um you should don't throw away the uh, the the Rogue Final Fantasy 8 disc as well because mm-hmm. those those can scratch up and people like I had that exact issue with Final Fantasy 7. Um yeah. my Disc 1 was scratched in a way that I couldn't progress past a certain point and I had to re- I had to buy another copy to uh, continue playing. Or I think actually wow. at the time I borrowed my friend's copy of Final Fantasy VII so I could get past that point. Then I saved it and then I could go back to my, my copy again.
2: Right, right. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's clever. Yeah, so there we are. But um, yeah, that's the only thing I could think of. I tried to remember if I'd like, ever won a game in a competition or anything like that. And maybe digitally I have got a code or something but yeah. not a physical one
1: yeah'm yeah, I'm, tr- I'm trying to think as well like I've done I've done a lot of su- I used to do a lot of surveys like online surveys there are various yeah. sites you can sign up for and you get points for completing surveys and those points can then be redeemed uh, to nectar points which can right. then be spent on eBay <laughs> yeah so through that process I was able to actually acquire a vast number of nectar points and then in turn eBay currency. And uh, I definitely bought at least two Game Boys with just points earned from doing surveys, oh, nice. uh, mm-hmm. which was a bit convoluted, but there we are. And also, when, um, like, I've done various uh, pieces of voiceover work in the past, and I've definitely earmarked the money from those jobs for certain things. So, yeah. like, I put it to one side, be like, that's going to pay for my PlayStation 5, and it's. It's always kind of strange. It's not strange on the same level as giving blood to get a vampire game certainly, but it's uh it can be. It can, it's quite fun to think about that way. It's like when I do this job, I can get a PlayStation VR. Yeah. Um
2: yeah. as mu- as a I treat with, to me. That's, that's what I do with my most of my voiceover money either uh I either use the PayPal account that it goes into to just whenever we're buying, like, Domino's or whatever. Uh That's um, a good one, too. Or mostly I try and remember to siphon it off and uh, stick it in our wedding fund, which is very odd. Like, on the day, I might be sitting there (laughs) thinking, I paid for some of this by, you know, saying, Happy birthday, John.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There you go, John. You you can clip that out.
2: Just clip that one out. Anyone called John, that's a free one.
1: Should um, we? Should we do one to uh, let's make let's make Lily's day? Are you ready? Right. Yeah. Three, ha- two, ha- oh, no. three, two, one. Happy, Happy wedding day, Lily. Lily, oh, oh, Lily. Lily. Oh. Cut those out as appropriate. I hope you're getting These married on your birthday. Damn, yeah. What a shame. Like Shakespeare. If anything, this is Lily's fault. I think so. Mm. There you go. Share that with a Lily. It's like the like a Coke. Share a Coke with Lily. Yeah. Brilliant. Wonderful. There we are. Let's move on because we are we are steaming through. We are this runtime, aren't we? It's Mm -hmm. time, Peter. Do you have your paper? It's time, Peter, for Weird News. Weird News.
0: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more
1: It's weird news time. Time for some weird news. Now, Peter, yeah. have you brought the one?
2: I've brought the one. So I would like to thank tired author Dan on Twitter, not only for sharing this news article with us, but specifically for sharing it with only one of us, because then it means the other person mm. doesn't know what to expect. Unfortunately, <laughs> you happen to share it with Ben this, this week, this month, uh, this week. And Ben happened to already have a weird news story, so he did then have to actually forward it on to me. But that's don't let that deter anyone. Don't from let that deter you. Continuing to do the same thing, just at one of us if you can, uh, to yeah. share a news story with us too. I've to only keep... seen the headline though. Yeah. So uh, this is from Pink News. Um, in fact, I don't have the website open because I've I've clipped it down to some smaller snippets because it's quite long. So I need to quickly find out the author. Uh, Ed Nightingale at uh, from from Pink News, Dominatrix explains what would happen if Resident Evil Seven's nine foot six Lady D actually trampled you. Hooray! The real journalism happening over at Weird This News. is it. This I is mean, what at we've Pink been building for. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here we go. She's the big, tall vampire lady of our dreams, and we can't get enough. Ever since her reveal in the yet-to-be-released game, she's been a conduit for our collective dot-dot-dot horniness, which is hyperlinked, actually. I wonder where that goes.
1: Oh, what's that? Tell me about... What does that mean?
2: Uh, Pinknews.co.uk forward slash Resident Evil Village Lady Dimitri's Vampire Lady Thirst Twitter Meme Fun is the URL that that goes to. Oh, okay. So Another it's just gonna,
1: the, the original reporting.
2: Yeah. Uh, and when Village is released next month, it's only set to get worse. But what exactly is it about her that's got us all pent up? Is it just her height? Or is it the way she stalks her castle, calling Ethan stupid man thing? The cut of her dress, the wide-brimmed hat, and the terrifying nails. Or the way she looked—the sedu- <laughs> way she seductively laps at the blood on Ethan's freshly cut wrist, like the wild animal she is.
1: Ed, calm down. Wow, Ed is having a great time. And what exactly would happen if she really
2: did step on us? She's become a bit of a lightning rod of the people saying... Uh, she's become a bit of a lightning rod of the people saying, Step on me, says Gemma Glitter, erotica writer and former dominatrix. Gemma Glitter. Gemma what Glitter. What
1: a name. Fantastic.
2: People have used that as a term to talk about being attracted to someone for a while. Um, I don't know what
1: she's referring Did you say to that there. to... um? Did you say that to your partner when you proposed? What? Will you will you will step, you step on, on me forever?
2: Yes, I did. Oh, I see that's what they've been using to say have is that what people have been in sort
1: of I think in sort of a kind of filthy wink wink nudge nudge way like oh, she could step on she me. she could walk all over me. Oh, yeah. she could step on me I suppose you know, so. Like, I don't think really people I mean some people definitely do because it's based on a real thing. but I don't think most people saying it don't want a person to tread on them. Well, know? that's
2: what this next line says from Gemma Glitter. People have oh, used Gemma that as as a term <laughs> to talk about being attracted to someone for a while and wanting them to rough them up. But for her, it really is. I want her to step on me. Um, There are two distinct fetishes at play here. The first is trampling, the act of stepping on someone. The other is macrophilia, a love of giants, most often women. These terms are used most frequently by those interested in feminine dominance. So let's consider the data. As confirmed by art director Tomonori Takano, Lady Dimitris... Apparently is 2.9 meters tall or approximately 9 foot six. And as fans have estimated her and fans have estimated her shoe size to be 44 centimeters or 17.3 inches. How wow. exactly did the mechanics work? This is all prose, by the way, this isn't Gemma anymore. Okay, um, this is Ed. How exactly did the mechanics work? Uh, Now we're back to Gemma. Trampling has risk associated with it, absolutely, especially if you don't know what you're doing. But it's absolutely possible, says Gemma. Ed continues, There are two commonly known versions of kink, SSC, or Safe, Sane, and Consensual, and RAC, or Risk-Aware Consensual Kink. No matter what the fantasy, it's imperative to understand the risk involved. Yes, a number of key factors must be considered. Does the person have the physical capacity to be stepped on? Shoes or no shoes? Where are they being stepped on? How much pressure? There are great. There are gradations to all of this. Gradations. Um, a, a point of balance is also necessary to aid the stepper with balance and negate some of the unpredictability of this act. All of this is to say, when done safely under the right conditions, being stepped on is perfectly possible no matter what the height or weight. (laughs) Did I step on, guys? are flipping lootly. With full weight? Absolutely. Did I ever hurt anyone? Not in ways they weren't interested in, says Gemma. Oh Gemma. That's about the halfway mark of the article, but that's where we're stopping. So right.
1: Uh, okay, so the basically the answer is that was fascinating. We've all learned something today. We have. Uh, perhaps we've learned some things about ourselves as we went. Who mm, knows? Yeah. A fresh any, new perspective to go. Any out tingling into the world.
2: feelings there as I read that to you? Log on to tinype and you'll Have a great time. Yeah, go.
1: He'll listen to what you want. He will. Um, So basically the answer here is, will she hurt you? No, because she's going to be aware of your limits and she won't do anything that would hurt you. Yeah. Is that basically what Gemma's saying? Even though that's definitely not the menacing intent of Lady D.
2: Do you have the physical capacity to be stepped on? Shoes or no shoes? Where are we being stepped on? How much pressure? And a point of balance is also necessary. So yeah, as long as she does all of those things, which I'm yeah. sure the woman who licks blood from a wrist would mm-hmm. do, uh, we like will be fine. Like the wild
1: animal she is.
2: Yeah, stupid little man thing. She <laughs> I sounds... think
1: that uh, that She's... horny hyperlink should just go to a picture of the writer.
2: Definitely. Ed. Yeah, Ed Nightingale. Thank you,
1: Ed. Ed, Ed um... fantastic. What a story. Yeah. So when you're playing the game, you've got to you've got to approach her. And just try and engage in a conversation and set some boundaries. That's what Gemma has advised. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'm sure that will go well. I'm sure that will go well. Mm-hmm. well oh well, my god! Oh Jesus! You. Oh, what? What? I just
2: scrolled down a little bit further, and I feel like I do. Ha- I can't not read this now. In fact, okay. it's the very next paragraph. I'm glad. I, I'm sort of glad I stopped where I did, but also I'm disappointed <laughs> that I did. Gemma continues. There's a whole difference between stepping along someone's ribs flat-footed with 450 pounds of weight, which is what she's estimated to be, uh, on giant feet to spread the weight out, versus jamming a stiletto stiletto into someone's ball sack. That's going to go differently. Wow. Yeah, I imagine it would. Yeah, it probably would. Yeah. Um, Thanks for that, Gemma. Thanks, Gemma. You did good work. Have you got some weird news there, Ben, to
1: cleanse I do, our pallets? I do, I do, and it's really nice weird news. Oh, good. Um, okay. This was tweeted to us by Mid at Mid4134 on Twitter. Thank mm-hmm. you, Mid. Uh, and this is an article from Rock Paper Shotgun written by Alice O'Connor. New okay. Mr. Men and Little Miss books are based on Assassin's Creed. What? Is this official? This is official. Wow. It's a little-known fact that Ubisoft generate product ideas by writing game names, mediums, target audiences, and such on scraps of paper, popping them into a big hat, <laughs> then drawing a handful to discover their next big hit. Mm-hmm. This foolproof system recently produced the combination of Assassin's Creed, book, for children but really for parents, Mr. Men crossover, leading Ubisoft yesterday to announce a series of Mr. Men and Little Miss books starring the murderers of Assassin's Creed.
2: <laughs> little Miss Rescue Pat in Patche.
1: By mixing the Assassin's Creed's sense of adventure and history, it says, with the colourful and delightful designs of the Little Mr Men, these books will appeal to both young and adult readers, Ubisoft say in their announcement. Follow Mr Ezio, Little Miss Cassandra, and Little Miss Eivor as they each try to complete their own missions in the first three books of the series. They're illustrated by the son of creator Roger Hargreaves, who took over the series after his father's death. Adam Hargreaves later sold the rights, but he still draws um, it says with an apostrophe. <laughs> I believe the Hello Kitty crew at Sanrio own the series these days, like, licensing out, licensing it out for this and that. Um, yeah, then there's like the weirdest paragraph ever that just like goes really, really hard. And you can tell me when to stop because it's long. Okay presumably these books will be bought with great delight by the sorts of parents who swaddle their children in merch Eat, uh, after changing the child's storm pooper nappy and tossing the old one in a resident evil nappy bin with a biohazard symbol and oh, spray painted zombie warning they'll dress the little one who they who they refer to as a foundling in a Hufflepuff school uniform onesie Whoa. pop on the knitted cap with Lego less ears then snuggle up inside a tauntaun sleeping bag with a sippy cup shaped like a Diablo Mana potion to read Little Miss Avor, watched over by a folksy Wooden sign which reads live laugh live All long right, and prosper stop. yeah that was the end it's a Go- lot isn't it it's, where's that I, come from someone's I got a real you know, problem they're really trying incredibly hard just to dunk not only on ubisoft <laughs> who we have voiced concerns about in the past but never to that extent and yeah. also people who like branded things
2: yeah i mean you know i i'm in agreement that like i probably don't want to cover my child in too many branded things but like mm. if people do I'm not going to write an article about how crap they are, yeah. what bad
1: parents they are. What stupid parents making a yeah. stupid child look stupid. But anyway, there we go. It is most accurately uh, summed up, though, in Ubisoft yesterday to announce a series of Mr. Men and Little Miss books starring the murderers of Assassin's Creed. Wow. The, the Assassin's Creed series is about killing people. Like, you, There's yeah. a lot of stuff in between, but it's you're an assassin and you kill people. It seems like a match made in hell, really. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, would you like to see them? Oh, I'd love to. I didn't realize, realize to see them they'd already see? drawn them up. Yeah. Yeah, there's some art there. Um, I'm sending it now. So you can see there's Ezio and uh, Eivor. Aww. Brackets. Female. They've got the and hoods and everything. Cassandra. Yeah, they have. I don't know why Cassandra's pink or why Avor is blue, But I suppose uh, there's no rhyme or reason to why any of the Mr. Men or Little Miss are the colours they are. Wow. I love it. (sighs) There we go. So that's happening. If you want that, you can go buy it and then, you know, live in your stupid merch house, idiot. Mr. Ezio. (laughs) So weird. (laughs) Yeah. Let's move on, Peter.
2: Let's. Yeah. It's time for question three, which uh, says Hey, guys, I recently rewatched all of seasons one, season one of. Love and Death and Robots. Highly recommend if you haven't seen it. And the final episode has the protagonist fighting an unwinnable fight against some beasties. Watching this reminded me of the amazing finale to Halo Reach, where the player fights in vain against a never-ending horde of enemies. But the way it was done and built up made the player feel like they could live if they just survived long enough. So, my question is this. Are there any mechanics or storytelling features, such as the Halo Reach ending, you don't think gets used enough? All the best, and keep up the amazing content. Callum at cjstraw93 on Twitter. Thank you, Callum.
1: Thank you, Callum.
2: Uh, Yeah, I should just say, actually, while we're on the subject, the Halo Reach finale is great. Um, So you've completed all all the levels, you get to the very end of the final level, and I think all of your teammates have died... Um, the I'm planet has been in- invaded by the Covenant. for a
1: bit.
2: Yeah, you've bonded with them over the, the course of the campaign. And you reach this final area. And I don't know if you think that Evac might be coming. Or I think actually, maybe you have established that Evac is not coming. And you are just there on your own now. And yeah, uh, uh, an endless wave of enemies spawns in. And they really, I think they balance really well the line between making you feel at first like you might be able to do this, but then not kind of... I find that sometimes when there's an unwinnable fight in a game, when you finally die and then it becomes clear that, oh, I was always going to die, it feels a bit like, oh, right, okay, fine. Why didn't I just, uh, you know, that felt a bit deceptive. Uh, But they balance it really well in that as you have this fight, for the only time... That ever happen? That ever happens in the game. Uh, if you take a hit about like halfway through or whatever, when you when you're starting to really flag, you get a, a shatter mark on your helmet, so mm-hmm. you can you can tell that something is happening now. And at that point, when you realise, oh, this is probably an unwinnable fight. It doesn't feel cheap. It feels like, oh no, this is really cinematic, and you know you're going down fighting. So it's a very it's a very well done moment, I think. Yeah, um, but to answer the question uh, mechanics that I wish were used more um, one that I really liked again going back to kind of childhood days uh, not that it was much of a child friendly game was um, in Legacy of Cain's Soul Reaver uh, there was a mechanic that has been used since then uh, but I'd like to see it used even more which is you could move between two different realities uh, two different kind of planes of existence and as you did that the world around you would twist and change shape in slightly different ways so you might you might enter a room um, that has columns supporting the ceiling going all the way up to the ceiling and then if you like did the spell that allowed you to twist into like the demon realm the columns would like maybe descend and start twisting a little bit and then they would actually be a series of steps that you could hop up you know that you could like uh, they're no longer touching the ceiling. They've come down and you can climb onto them and jump around like stepping stones, things like that. Um, mm. And in the demon realm, you could uh, swim through certain gates. You could just sort of phase through them uh, and water didn't exist. So you could jump into the bottom of pools, but just be able to walk around and move objects around and stuff. So it was really good for puzzle solving. And as I say, it's definitely been done uh, since then. People have have done that, but... Um, I'd still like to see more of it. I think it's really cool to see uh, the world change around you like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Especially if you return to an area, maybe, that you didn't actually see both of its forms and then you come back to a familiar place and you're like, oh, wow, look how different it is now. Um, I think that's a lot of fun. So that was one that just immediately sprung to mind. But uh, how about you?
1: I've got a couple of things noted down here. I I don't actually cite... Or I suppose I I have not chosen to cite specific games where this happens, but I yeah. do like I do like it, and I d- don't like it when it's overused. But I do like it when games flash back to like a, a month yeah. before the events of of a game, or you know where, where it just plays with time in interesting ways. I suppose the the worst example of that would be something like Beyond Two Souls, where it's just got no, oh, gosh, yeah, no narrative structure whatsoever because it darts around all over the place. But if, say, in like a single-player narrative game, you would you would play for like four or five hours in one time period, and then you would jump back to see what happened before, um, or you know, there's there's another character who's, who's like. You're not getting on with them, and you're like, why? Why am I? Why do they hate me? And they keep referring to something ambiguous, and you don't know what it is. Mm. And then, rather than that just being revealed to you in a cutscene, actually going back and playing it and experiencing why a situation is the way it is, if it's left sort of intentionally ambiguous because and and it you know they've decided not to tell you what it is, there's always going to be a, like a really nosy part of me that just wants that closure. And, you yeah. know, to to see to see what it is what happened I suppose a lot of the 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 two I've selected are largely they're just from like a narrative perspective in terms of how a story is told rather than necessarily like a gameplay mm, mechanic yeah. um, or a storytelling feature as Callum says the other one which was used quite famously now that I think about it in um, the last of us part two is playing as the antagonist as a storytelling device
2: right like, yeah. i'm
1: I'm not, I'm not necessarily saying all oh, you get to play as uh, neo cortex for a couple of levels in crash 4 again i'm talking about like a, a narratively driven game as a mm. storytelling device being able to play as either someone on the other side or just experience what was going on over there to give the story a bit more context and you know not necessarily make the 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 quote unquote villain or, or the antagonist sympathetic but just to just Understand just to give that exactly yeah I think it's it's a really powerful tool and again both of these examples shouldn't be overused but I'm re I'm always really interested when it happens a game that sort of left me cold in that respect and it didn't have to do it and it's it's brilliant the way it is the the god of war uh, reboot in 2016 there's a lot of ambiguity about what kratos was up to between the events of god of war 3 and god of war you know yeah. leaping from the basically the end of the of, of the greek world to nordic uh and norse mythology and norse gods and so on like, what was he doing there i would love to know and i'm sure they'll they'll experience that or they'll explore that probably in like a full game or something at some point but there was a part of me throughout that was like, man, I wish I could just, I just want to just flash back for like an hour. Show me what happened. Yeah. (laughs) Give me the cliff notes. I want to know. I want to see it. I want to play it. Uh, So I do love it when games do that. Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely. I was trying to, just trying to think of like more uh, narrative, you know, story features, as Callum said, and certainly, you know, he did ask for mechanics as well, but um Mm. Yeah, I don't know. There's so many... I can think of lots of things that I do like uh, from a story perspective, but not that I feel are underused, really, at the moment, uh, yeah. other than those that you've said, actually. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, fortunately, a lot of the the cream rises to the top and, and becomes trendy, and people uh, use the very best that we've got now. You know, just things like people conversing as you walk around. That can be nice, um, you know, like yeah. in Uncharted or Last of Us or whatever. Um and uh, yeah I don't know I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what um, the the current gen brings us in terms of that kind of mm. thing whether there's anything that all the, the new technology will allow from a story point of view not just from a gameplay and a visual point of view um, it's hard to sometimes it's hard to think where things will go from the current state of affairs but um, time will tell
1: yeah I suppose so twisting it very slightly mechanics wise bottomless mm. storage please no way limits thank you yeah oh yeah that'd be nice it's absolutely not you know callum's given a fantastic example of both a mechanic and a storytelling feature in the halo reach ending and i'm saying bottomless storage please which (laughs) is not which is not the same um storage telling features yes precisely but there we go let us know yours in the comments Mm. and so on Shall we move on peter Let's, yes, yeah, time for
2: something rather large, rather big. It's yeah. a discussion. It's a big it's discussion. Big,
1: uh, big discussion time. Time for the big discussion. This week's big discussion comes from Charlie Brain, who says, Hello, lovely boys. I just wondered what video game death hit you the hardest. For me, it was Dom in Gears of War, just because of the journey and arc he had been in with his wife and the effect that had had on him. Follow-up question, do you think a game needs a big death to be emotionally impactful? For example, Last of Us, Final Fantasy VII, Mass Effect, and many more. That's right, we're talking about death.
2: We are talking about death, everyone. We're going to really going to round off the podcast death. in a in a positive way.
1: Peter, what's your favourite death?
2: Oh, I, I mean, I, I wasn't sure about this because there's just so many. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, how about, rather than us ending with a sad death um how about the last of us starting with a tragic death last of us part one or last of us as it's just called oh
1: my god yeah uh you forget that that even happens
2: yeah that was really just awful they give they give you just enough um kind of footage and and story to see that like oh they have a a sweet relationship and oh that's that's nice and then oh okay right she's dead now okay fine no worries um I mean the the horse in Shadow of the Colossus Ar- Argo mm-hmm. that was a tough one as well I yeah. as you might be able to tell I couldn't choose one so uh
1: <laughs> here are um, a few of my favorite deaths yeah
2: in some of my favorite games um and uh again to to take a very shallow cut into my list of games that I always give as answers in the podcast um when you think that Uncle Paige, the pig man, has died in Beyond Good Well, he, he does die. It's just spoilers. He comes back to life, fortunately. But, uh, man, when he dies, that's pretty sad. You're like, you've been... The whole story, really, is to get there, get, get to the enemy base to save him. And I suppose some children who've been kidnapped, maybe. But <sighs> we're really him, there man. just to save Uncle Pigman. And uh, he's dead on arrival, which is pretty tragic um and uh, the the music in that game as well is uh, very well done it's it's a gut-wrenching scene so those were a few of mine and there are many more that i i won't say partly because they might be i don't know if they'll enter into your answer so uh, uh what what's your favorite death
1: i've got i've got two favorite deaths mm-hmm. one of them is potentially a devastating loss and in fact i did experience all Different versions of this potential death or lack of death to get the relevant trophies to earn the platinum at the time. Mass Effect 2. It is it's all building to this suicide mission at the end, and it's called the Suicide Mission. Mm-hmm. And the music for that is it, like there's a track and it's brilliant, and it actually sounds like the slowed down like Doctor Who music when he's doing something drum- like heroic right, yeah. Dun, yeah. dun 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 but it's like slow down and oh man it's so good um it's just it's just very powerful because it's that whole mission is not about messing up or like making the wrong call on the fly although there there is an element of that but it's more about how close you are with your squad mates and the decisions you've made to mitigate uh, squabbles and internal strife throughout the course uh, the, throughout the course of the game, mm. and uh, how they bounce off each other and how they don't get on or do get on, and and so on and so forth. And so you can quite easily, even if you feel like you're doing everything right when it's time for the suicide mission itself, there's a very good chance that there will be a very poignant scene at the end where Commander Shepard uh, stoically. Is standing in like the cargo bay of the normandy and there's just coffins there of right. like your fallen yeah. squad mates and he's just like looking at them and it's like oh my god this is i'm the worst commander ever it's my fault why did i do this and i definitely lost at least a couple on my first playthrough and then in sub as i said in subsequent playthroughs i made the decisions to lose all of them and lose none of them and it's so nice keeping them all alive mm. um but yeah, that that was that's it was really well done because it's it's all building to this potential of massive loss of life. And what Mass Effect do uh, Mass Effect Two, sorry, did so well was make your decisions feel like they mattered. Uh, obviously, not so much with three, but two certainly. And you you are responsible for whether or not they die, and it's it's not always particularly obvious. The other one, of course, is Aerith's death. Right, in Final Fantasy yeah. Seven. Yeah. Um, so I actually, and I did talk about it at the time last year on the podcast. I still welled up a little bit at Aerith's oh, death when yeah. I replayed the the remaster after finishing remake part one, and it's just so. I think it's just so powerful in in its simplicity because there's no screaming voiceover. Mm. It's all in slow motion. Your cloud is just too far away to do anything about it, and. There's the I think one of the the most brilliant pieces of video game music ever, Aerith's theme. Yeah, is just played on piano as it happens, and they are even though this was sort of like a CG cutscene, they're basically they're mega blocks people, right? Yes. They're not they don't <laughs> yeah. look like real people. Spade hands, you precisely. But I think that only proves that when done right, the stakes are massively raised by. A death in a game. And Aerith's death happens way before the end of the game. So it only serves to motivate and rally you um, by by losing her. You know, it makes you it makes you and the squad angry and furious at what Sephiroth has done. And you want revenge and you want to stop him even more than ever before, because he's taken something from you. And so I, to move on to the next part of the question: deaths aren't mandatory. I don't think for like a, a, the emotional resonance of a story, mm. but when done right, good god, it's a, it's a strong factor, uh, especially when the story is written well enough that you genuinely care about these characters. A little side one as well uh, Captain Price seemingly dying at the end of COD 4 it was mm. like a really big moment where it's like, oh my god, don't don't die, you're the cool one. And he slides you the pistol and you get to shoot the oh, it's awesome, it's so good. Um, but what do you think? A death's mandatory?
2: I, I, yeah, well, I, that's. I think that's the point is that I don't think they are mandatory. I don't think you have to have a death to have, uh, you know, a compelling story or um, you know, be emotionally impactful. But there's no doubt that uh, if done right, a death definitely leaves you with kind of a, a you know, the the a, a sort of gut punch beyond compare. Really, there's no there's no other way to uh make you feel like oh my god then to have someone you care about die one that I wasn't sure if you might bring up I mean I knew it wouldn't be your top one or two but I wasn't sure how many you might mention um mm. was Aunt May in Marvel Spider-Man
1: oh yeah uh, that was that a was, surprising one actually. it was
2: I didn't see that. that's the, exactly what I mean it's like you don't see that coming at all and um I think that's probably an example of one that didn't have to be in there as, as you say, it was a surprising one. It's not the kind of thing that I think was necessary for that story, but um, it's just that moment where they're just talking on the deathbed uh, about, um, you know, she knew she's known he's Spider-Man for so long or that he, Spider-Man is Peter Parker and stuff. And geez. And then sometimes of course, if you've had someone around with you uh, in the game, for a very long period of time, and they maybe die halfway through, or even if you just lose them halfway through, um, that can make a whole lot of difference as well. I think playing Halo without Co- uh, Cortana in your head um, is uh, feels very different. It, f- it feels lonely, and uh, a game I've not played, but Brothers, of course, Tale of Two mm, Sons. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's quite that really does make the difference. That physical death, loss. Yeah, you get so used to um, playing with both and then, oh, well, here I am now. This is strange. And, you know, very, um, what's the, the phrase? Uh, conspicuous by their absence. You yeah, know? that's Joseph
1: um, Farres again. He it is,
2: yeah. Will he give me $1,000 if I don't cry in that scene, possibly? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's perhaps not a surprising answer, but uh, I don't think death is at all necessary in fact mm-hmm. I saw a quote recently from uh George Lucas it was uh, an extract from story discussions they were having about I think Star Wars episode 6 or maybe it was a prequels discussion um in like the the writing phase um and he was like arguing with one of the other uh kind of higher ups and they were saying oh this character needs to die like Luke or whoever needs to die by the end and George Lucas was like Nah, like I always hated that as a kid. Like I'm not I'm not having any of the heroes die. I just hated it. Like, you know, it was it was annoying that you get invested in these characters and then they die when just at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. Which I think I can see the reasoning there, particularly I guess for a, a younger audience, you know, it can just seem frustrating when a, a hero dies. But all that being said, if and when a character does die in a game or a film or a book, there's no doubt that it uh provided it's done properly it absolutely raises the uh the emotional impact of that story so yeah yeah i i think not mandatory but uh definitely worth doing if done yeah. properly absolutely
1: well let us know what you guys think in the comments and various other places social media and so on peter is now going to tell you where you can find us We
2: are doing videos and streams at youtube.com and twitch.tv forward slash team triple jump. Remember, if you've got Amazon Prime, one of the benefits of that is a Twitch sub at no extra cost. So you can just use that on us if you like. You'll get all the usual benefits. Uh, When we're uh, streaming on both YouTube and Twitch, we're modded by Lord Brotovic, Madsteadactyl, and Trailing Badger. Thank you, team. Our social media is twitter.com and facebook.com forward slash team triple jump. Luke Eldon looks after Facebook. Thank you, Luke. Um, The Patreon uh, is patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. There are lots of rewards available, including, as Ben said at the start of the podcast, asking questions to us here today. or Well, not today. It's too late now, but next week. Um, Now we've got all kinds of handy dandy links from our website, which is triple that's triple j u dot m p. If you go to triple forward slash discord, that'll send you straight to our discord, which is modded by Jack, Joe, and Hollow Eyes. Thank you, team. If you go to triple forward slash podcast, you can get the audio version of this podcast if you happen to be watching on YouTube right now. You can also go to, I don't know if you know this, Ben, triple forward slash shop. And that now does redirect to triplejumpshop.com. So uh, that's another handy link. But you can go to triplejumpshop.com as well if you like. That's our uh, newer iteration of the shop. Um, We've been in talks recently about the next drop of merch. So I think that will probably be in the next few weeks. Follow at triplejumpshop on Twitter for all the latest updates. And finally, triplejumpshop.mup forward slash vods. We'll send you to our YouTube channel dedicated to our vods, where everything gets uploaded, and there are little weekly highlight packages edited by uh, Pat. Thank you very Pat. Uh, th- thank you very Pat. Thank uh, you. Thank you very Pat. Thank you very much, Pat. Uh, the reason I stumbled there is because uh, I'm 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 choked up and 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 heartbroken to say <laughs> that sadly uh, it's Pat's final week doing the the weekly highlights for us. They've been very fun to watch. Uh, We are very grateful for your service to the channel, Pat. He's going on to bigger and better things. Um, But uh, they were much appreciated. And uh, so everyone should go and check out that last one, you know, celebrate the, uh,
1: the excellent work that Pat has done. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Pat. Thank you. Uh you can follow Peter on Instagram and Twitter at that Peter Austin and myself. Just on Twitter at confused underscore dude. We do lists every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Streams every Monday, Thursday and Friday. Thursday being the joint stream. Blaze it on YouTube. The solo streams, being on Twitch, Monday and Friday. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly. Friday for patrons of a certain tier, Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday. We do shows, one every other week. or something like that. Leave us a review on iTunes or your platform of choice. It helps something to do with algorithms. Uh, Peter. Yeah. Talk to me about Superman Ranked.
2: So those of you who listened to the podcast uh, last week and listened probably to our streams as well, where we sometimes talk about upcoming content... Uh, will know that on Sunday we released a video about Superman, every Superman game ranked from worst to best. Oh, wait. No, we didn't because uh, I did done just literally forgot to upload it. There's no, there's no reason. We we didn't get done by YouTube. We didn't have to accidentally like, we didn't accidentally leave like a a boob in there that we had to quickly change. Um, I just, I didn't upload it and schedule it. So uh, we could have then, obviously, when we realized, thrown it out on a Monday or a Tuesday or something. But uh, we thought the best thing to do would be to kind of wait for a more of a an event day of the week. We tend mm. to do our slightly bigger videos on Fridays, Sundays, maybe Saturdays. Um, so it's going to be this Friday, which, in fact, when this podcast goes out, it will already be out now. So uh, it should now actually be available over on youtube every superman game ranked from worst to best uh, apologies for the hype that never was was never paid off on um on last sunday
1: but there you go go watch it yeah. go and watch it it's also <clears throat> oh my goodness now i'm getting choked up <clears throat> it's also a worst games ever week which means that if you support us at a certain tier on Patreon, you will have already seen it, because that goes out on Friday for patrons of a certain tier. It will be out for everyone else on Sunday. It's a weird one, though.
2: Oh, it's so weird. It's a really good one. It's like, we've had it for a while. We've got just a list of all the worst games we've got, and, uh, you know, we kind of just pick one, have a quick look at it as the games master, and think, yeah, this is okay. Mm. And I guess it's one that we've just, neither of us have got round to having a, a, a quick survey of yet and then uh, you discovered it and wow it's like top tier worst games ever material so yeah don't want to overhype it probably because i won't have remembered to upload it but uh (laughs) definitely definitely give that a watch
1: yes absolutely go and watch it Mm. and with that peter there's just time for you to talk about this week's sponsor once again yeah
2: dentistry is what is it? Suspended. Hang on, let me just go Got to my a, text.
1: Double check. Yeah.
2: Dentistry has been suspended. All appointments have been cancelled until further notice. For more information, go to cavityrush dot uh, dot game. Brilliant. There you go.
1: That's yeah. a real URL. Well, it is. there we are. Thank you so much for listening slash watching, everybody. We will be back next week. Enjoy yourselves and look after yourselves too. Indeed. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
2: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic.
0: Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?